Hey, in the immortal words of Judy Brown, happiness is a choice. We're happy you spend some time with us, Chip and Zay, on a wild and woolly, frigid Wednesday here in Austin, Texas. Um, Zay, you're uh, you staying warm? Everything okay there at the uh, Collier household? Yeah, man. Everything's good. Only time it gets cold is when I have to take the dog out and I lay her up. So that's fine. My dog understands that, you know, we're outside. It's time to take care of business. When it's this cold, we ain't got time to sniff around. We ain't got time to chase squirrels. We ain't got time to bark at mailmen. No, damn all that. Let's do Does our business. Does Champ want to do that? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. He's a black mouth cur. Like he's known to hunt his ancestors and everything that he really doesn't do but sometimes those instincts come into play randomly yeah he'll he'll get a little distracted so yeah when it's uh in the teens he's he's a homebody now he knows okay let me do my business so we get back inside and he's a good boy when he does those things yeah when you go champ yeah let's go champ all right so um, as I mentioned, we will talk to our man, John Brown, coming up here at 1.30. He's in Detroit. He's not going back to L.A. He's just staying, hanging out with Amon-Ra and the Lions as they prepare to take on Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. Let me see what that line is. What's up, Baker? Detroit Yo, minus six and a half. Okay. Yo, Baker. Um, Austin legend. Oh yeah. Come on. You man. uh you feeling bake you feeling baker in that one? Um I don't know. He did look good, but I feel like the Eagles looked that bad. Like they weren't tackling nobody at all. James Bradbury and all those dudes, they looked like no one gave a damn. And everybody turned on Nick Sirianni. So I think y'all care a little bit more. I think those fans are still going to be rabid animals just like they were against the Rams because, again, this is unfamiliar territory for you folk. <laughs> so, yeah, y'all y'all going to keep turning up because, again, this game wasn't supposed to happen. Y'all supposed to be in Dallas this week. You know what I'm saying? Nobody thought that we would like, get another home game. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what we're doing. Just tell yeah. us when to be there. Yeah, so – Hey, we know Chris Godwin and Mike Evans do their thing, and Baker Mayfield is playing with as much confidence as anybody. But yeah, I, I I can't I can't go against your lines right now, man. I feel like there's something special. I ain't trying to jinx nobody. Knock on wood for show, but I, it's something something brewing there in the Motor City, and I like it. I like it. It's Come on, fun. Man. Come on, you know. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah and for and and for the Longhorns, um, before we get uh, to John Brown, my goodness, the uh, the hits keep on coming in the transfer portal in a good way for the offense. When you uh, you talk about the fact that a week ago you had Matthew Golden and Jonte Cook as your receivers, now you've got Matthew Golden, Isaiah Bond. And Silas Bolden, um, this receiver room has been emboldened. 
Oh, yeah, come on, man. Nah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, baby. Wow. Wow. I mean, I can't believe we got an hour and 45 minutes to go after that. What? <laughs> wow. They have been emboldened. That That's something. That's I mean, something. come on. That's, and that's we still don't know what Ryan Williams is doing. You got Ryan Wingo coming in. I mean, it's it's amazing. Yeah. You get you get Quinn Ewers coming back. You're getting probably the fastest receivers out of the transfer portal. And they're still scoping out tight ends. I mean, now they got to do some, you know, there's the good news. The bad news. Got to get those defensive linemen, man. Got to get that on track. Got to get the big fellas in the middle of that defensive line lined up because Zay, I'm a broken record on this. One defensive tackle in the 2023 recruiting class, Sidier Mitchell, one. And now you've got Dontre Robinson, who's, been released from his letter of intent to Texas because Bo Davis has moved on to coach his son at LSU and make a pile of money and pay a $500,000 buyout to get out of his deal with Texas. Um, that's, that's the nagging factor when, when it comes to portal news and the Longhorns. You got to beef up that defensive line. Yeah, for sure. I'm seeing projections of Texas in the 12-team playoff. That's exciting. That's great. But that's uh, that's a lot of benefit of the doubt being given because you're bringing in a bunch of new guys to hold down the the secondary safety spots. Um, You just brought in – uh, Kendrick Blackshear from Alabama at linebacker. I like that because you watch his film. That's a sideline to sideline guy. And and then, you know, the spine of your defense is changing. I mean, obviously you got Alfred Collins, Vernon Brought, and you feel good about that. But um, you got to have the the backbone of that defense. You got to have depth. They got lucky last year. Jalen Ford didn't miss. He didn't miss a game. He didn't miss a snap that they didn't want him in there for. He played too many snaps against Oklahoma. Way too many. Him and Charlie, way too many. So I don't know. We're getting this, um, you know, about Jabbar Muhammad. If Texas ends up with Jabbar Muhammad, I'll be amazed. I got to think he's headed to Alabama, but. We'll I see. Mean, you, the stories that you hear about him and Malik, like he said Malik used to spend the night at his house and would cry when he couldn't stay over there for a long time. And there's that picture that's circul- uh, circulating around social media at the Sugar Bowl game, you know, with those two. So 
I don't know that that room's so thick right now. They're so high on, you know, a lot of those young guys, freshmen coming in. Obviously, we got Andrew Makuba coming in also. And, you know, Kobe Black, Phil Simi, you know, Waldero Max. So we know Terrence Brooks is back. Gavin Holmes, I think, is very underrated. We don't talk about him enough. And then obviously Malik. So if you see that as Jabbar and you're like, yo, when I was playing for Kalen DeBoer, I ain't come out the game. I'm looking around with y'all. Ryan Watts was in the game at times. Malik was in the game at times. Gavin was in the game at times. Terrence. Like, there was a rotation when everybody was healthy, kind of just going off the hot hand, which all those guys really, except Malik, had, was a little bit inconsistent. So you had to rotate them. And Gavin Holmes, he might be in the right spot, but he just doesn't have the size that Sarkeesian and, you know, this coaching staff want as a cornerback over six foot. So I don't know. That's, that must be a tough one, but also you're a Texas kid. You're from DeSoto. You went to DeSoto high school, like Byron Murphy. He was a DeSoto guy. There's plenty of kids on this roster that are from that Dallas area. So, you know, there's just that familiarity right there. But again, there's some comfort. There's obviously comfort with Kalen DeBoer. And now he's at Alabama. You saw what, Arnold and um, Kool-Aid McKinstry are doing. I know it's a different system because different coaches, but still, it's Alabama. You're in the SEC. Same with Texas, but I don't know. I, re I really don't because every room except for, as you said, the defensive tackles, interior alignment is getting real thick due to the transfer portal and those uh, early enrollees that you've got on campus already. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be that'd be a wow. Um, but again, they got to get this, they got to get the defensive tackle situation um, under control because they need to go from leaking to adding. And it's going to, uh, it's, it's, it's time with all the, the portal open. All right. I see him. I see our man, John Brown, Mr. Kane Protein, Kane so Protein. What's going on? What's going on? Man, I'm in Detroit. It's below zero. Oh. I ain't never been in no zero, nothing in my life. <laughs> I mean, they don't have those days in Compton. Man, when I got here on Thursday, it was snowing. It was beautiful. And about four hours later, it became ugly couldn't drive anywhere slipping on the road I'm like man when i use i was glad to get home you got a big you got a big suv rental car there in detroit i got an suv but i actually was driving i'm on tesla too it's better because the tesla's heavier so it's, it's better on the road you know yeah contrary to belief you need a, a heavy vehicle yeah oh yeah yeah you got to be properly weighted man. now JB, I mean, take us into the building. Come on, man. Take they us into it. the building. <laughs> you know it. the Rams. You know, of course, the Lions. Of course, we're talking to John Brown, two-time Mr. Universe, father of Amon Ra St. Brown, Equinemia St. Brown, Osiris St. Brown, uh, and the uh, founder of Kane Protein, KaneProtein.com, yes, to get all your muscle-building needs because John – help develop three five-star wide receiver sons. And we do have questions for you today from, from the audience. Oh, good, um, good. But take us in the building. 
man, I'm thinking, okay, here we go. Let's see what happens. You know, I've, I've been to playoffs before with, with Green Bay and Equinemius. And, but this atmosphere was electric. People were screaming, going crazy, losing their minds. I mean, it wasn't as loud as Kansas City, but it was maybe, it was like Kansas City is maybe 20 to 15% louder. But it was loud. The crowd most definitely, most definitely helped them win a game because they they burned those two timeouts. That's what got them. So well, the crowd helped. So before the game, the crowd is chanting Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Jared Goff. I mean, they were normally. I get there two hours before the game, but this time, an hour before the game, it was packed. It was ready to go. Stands was popping, jumping. Jerry Goff, Jerry Goff, they were screaming like crazy. And after they won, hey, they didn't leave for another 20, 30 minutes. The whole crowd stayed. Just to yeah. marvel and look at what they've done, you know? Yeah. That city's oh, been yeah. starving all these years. Oh, and who do they throw to on second and nine to ice the game? Hey, I was just, I was thinking, man, they better release the, release the Kraken. Quit screwing around here, you know. Yeah, yeah, John. <laughs> that, that's just a yeah. He's this is the second day he's worn it in the road, John. He wore it yesterday too, <laughs> so he'd probably be rocking it all week just for yeah, good. All week. <laughs> but all uh, week. yeah, but just giving it to Amon Ra at the end of the game to seal it. I mean, him and Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator, talk about their relationship. Does Amon Ra talk about him? Because I, mean, I know he's he, getting yeah, he, at. He, lo- he loves Ben Johnson. He talks about that how. Even before he got the job, he was explaining to me he thinks that the tight end coach is a really good play caller. And I go, really? He goes, yeah, I think he's good. And even Jared Goff, man, come on, man. The dimes he's throwing, that connects between Amon Ra, the offensive coordinator, and Jared Goff is crazy. Yeah. All three of those guys together, that, that tandem is, is unbelievable. Well, I mean, talk about the – the celebration afterward and what, you know, what you I mean, were listen, able I, to... I, I was surprised they didn't rush the field. I was really <laughs> stuck. I was, I was waiting on that because, you know, they've been starving, right? But they didn't do it. They kept it cool, you know? got to give them credit. They kept it cool. Everybody stayed in their seats. But, man, they did not leave that stadium for at least an hour. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, they all stayed in that stadium. Jerry uh-huh. Goff, just, just watching them, you know, and... I mean, the Rams, don't get me wrong, that was a great opponent. Those guys were, man, Matthew Stafford, the Pook and the Cool, those guys weren't playing around, dude. No. They came to play, yeah. That was a that was a championship fight right there. Both yeah. teams played well. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was down to the second and nine. I said, I, so second and nine, they threw the ball. I said, man, they got two downs. Because prior to that, we went three and out. Right. Go, How are you going to go three and out? And, and, and I hate to say it, but not let Amon touch one of those balls? It doesn't make sense to me, you know? Yeah. I, think, I hope they're not doing that again. So they finally let him. But when he caught it, I thought he had another first down to make to run that clock out. But Equinemius was standing next to me. He goes, no, that's it. They can take knees and get out of here. Even knowing in the I think 80% of people didn't know that. They thought we still had to, uh, uh, more to go. 
As soon as he caught the ball, it was over. I didn't know that. <laughs> what a feeling. God. What a feeling. What was Amon like after the game? He was fired up. He was he was completely jacked because he's always game like that. He's always jacked, ready to go, you know. That's the thing he lives for, you know. Yeah, the moment. Live for the moment, trying to do the best he can, you know. And I was real proud of him. He did a great job, you know. The whole team, you know. Yeah, I'm the like, defense. Oh, my God. Defense. You're always, like, kind of biting your nails with the defense. But mm -hmm. they made plays when they had to have them. And that Jack Fox, the punter, oh, my God. That guy's worth his weight in gold. That was huge. He flipped yeah. the field. He flipped the field. And that and that guy made that – when he kicked that field goal 54 yards, I go, oh, those are three points that can help us win the game right there. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So how do you feel? Great team effort. How do you feel about the uh, – the Buccaneers. I was down there in Tampa when they beat them twenty to six. It was hard to beat a team twice. Number one, uh, number two, Tampa Bay's gonna come out. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a dog fight. It's gonna be a dog fight. All these games gonna be dog fights. It's not gonna nothing's gonna be a cakewalk. Okay, uh -oh. that right now. It comes down to who got the ball the last forty five seconds or last minute. Who got the ball in the hand? Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's gonna it's gonna be. So I came on last Thursday. I was gonna leave yesterday, and I thought, oh man, I might as well stay. You know, I'm, what I'm gonna do? Fly home, turn around Saturday, come back. I just stayed here. Yeah, man. And, and I don't like being away from home. I don't like to do. Your home body. It's cold as I don't know what out here. You know, I, the snow was, was pretty when it came down. Now it's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> get rid of that stuff. I get it. Get it out of here. I'm done. Yeah. That's enough. I'm done. Yeah, and oh, your kids. Man. Have been playing in the coldest NFL cities outside of Buffalo, yes. Green Bay, Chicago, Detroit. But thank God they have an indoor stadium. Woo! Yeah. Thank God for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, so uh, we're here waiting on uh, Sunday. Let's just do it again. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. If them yeah. right. win again, oh. I can't, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, and then you need the Packers to beat the 49ers. And then the Lions are playing at home again. Oh, God. I, I have to go to the Super Bowl. I could stay at three weeks. No way. I <laughs> I you want to go back to California, even if it's today, huh? Yeah, I got to get I couldn't. I couldn't. Oh, man. If they win and then San Francisco loses. Oh, God. Green Bay. Oh, man. I got to come. Oh, no. Oh. I go to my house, man. No. Hey, that's what it takes to get to the Super Bowl, though, John. You take it, though. Oh, man. <laughs> and I hate flying, flying all right, sitting in those seats. Uh, that eating those, that they don't give you food. It's, it's crowded. It's a lot of people. Oh, I don't like it. Mm -mm. But this is what all of your incredible Hard parenting work. skills has led to JB. Yeah. <laughs> so John uh, Brown, John Brown, two-time Mr. Universe, uh, father I wasn't, of, I wasn't uh, ready for this. <laughs> well, this is, believe it or not, when you had the kids in the garage with the, with the barbell doing the weights when they were five. Yeah. Um, this what this is what it's for. led to. This is what they were training for. And, and yeah. it, I mean, you should see, you ask my wife during the games. I'm like, 
get the ball to Amon. I mean, when it matters most, get the ball to Amon Ra because the guy doesn't slip. I tell and, you one thing. He, I saw a replay on one of those plays. He just shook that guy so hard up the line. Oh, wow. oh, but I don't think and, people realize how how quick he could snap a route off. I mean, like a whip. He just snap it off so quick. That guy was frozen. Yeah. Well, they have him in motion so much, John. Like he's always moving. He's mm-hmm. never in one spot before the mm-hmm. play snap. They always have him moving, and that's a great job by Ben Johnson because you can't figure out where he's gonna be. Mm-hmm. So he just played the slot outside the one down the sideline where Jared put it on the money, and then he juked him <laughs> in the cup of field. Oh that man, was- he hit that guy so quick off the oh. line. The guy was probably like, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> well, one of the questions from the audience is did Amon Ra work with a trainer, like a wide receiver footwork trainer for his ability to get off the line? Yes. He worked with a guy named Jeff Johnson out of LA and uh, we've been heck all three of my sons since they were little boys have been working out with Jeff. So Jeff is the guy who taught him how to run those routes, how to, do all that footwork and, and how at least not to burn a lot of energy on the line doing too many steps. Just quick take that and take them and go. Yeah, because stack, stack them and, and that's I mean, yeah, Jeff Johnson. So and how I did tell, you, I tell you what I'm most proud of is he made first team all pro. In yeah. my opinion, that's one of those those accomplishments that's very difficult to achieve. Very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's no fan vote in that one. No, 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 no. That's that's the one that is you get and all. I, I'm not sure if a lot of fans understand how the Pro Bowl works because I was talking to the people in the Green Bay. Go look, you guys got to understand when it comes down to the Pro Bowl, don't complain. Go online and vote for your player. If he's your favorite player, then vote for him. If you think you got cheated, next year vote, and you can vote more than once. You can vote like a hundred times, a thousand times, but the other guys are voting for their players. You guys are not doing it. You got to vote for your players. Now, how did you find Jeff Johnson? That's a great question. I was dealing with a guy named Greg Hoy. His son was older than my son's, and Greg was pretty much holding my hand, teaching me how to navigate from middle school to high school. Because when we did that, my question was, how do you get scholarships? And so through him, he was showing me things. The first thing he showed me was we sat down at his house and he entered my son's names in the computer. And he hit enter and nothing came up. He goes, see, your sons don't exist. And if you tell a coach he's really good and there's no stories or articles written on him, you're just playing daddy ball. You got to get stories written on your sons. So that's the first thing parents need to do. Then he introduced me to Jeff. We went to LA. There was a 707 little team we're trying to get on. And Jeff was the coach there. And he and I saw Jeff and he was training these guys. And all these guys Jeff was training looked really good. And I thought, man, these guys are good, man. So I said, let's, 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 let's hang out with Jeff, see what we can learn. One day Jeff called me up and go, hey, come down to the park, to the school, uh, this high school in L.A., but don't bring anybody with you but your sons. I'm going to be working out with uh, 
about 15 NFL guys. And this when my kids were little. That blew me away. I'd never seen NFL guys work out. And Jeff's trained them like, I mean, Jeff, who are you, you know? So Jeff uh, was very significant. And and they even today, when they come back home, they always go to Jeff. Wow. I think it's a thing called Elite Athletes, something like that. But Elite Athletes, L.A. or something like Jeff Johnson. They still go there right now today. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right, there you go. That was from Mark. Um, this question comes in from Jason. Jason says, question for Mr. Brown. I have an 11-year-old son. He's four foot seven and 65 pounds and one of the smallest kids on his baseball and football teams. Any mm-hmm. tips for weight training that's safe for him to do? Yes. First tip I would tell you what he should never, ever do, even if he's 18, don't do deadlifts and don't do cleans. They're dangerous for you. They, it's, uh, the, 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 the risk outweighs the reward. Uh, now, there's been a lot of coaches going to tell you in his high school, oh, no, you got to do deadlifts. You got to do. Now, I'm just telling you right now, tell your son to fake an injury. Just say, oh, coach, when I do deadlifts, my back is hurting. Then he won't let you do them. If you don't do them, he's going to say, oh, he's not doing what I tell him and, and, and try to do some bad things in terms of not letting him play. So make sure. And same thing with cleans. Cleans weaken your shoulders. Next you know, he has shoulder injuries. You know, so make sure you stay away from those two things. In terms of lifting weights, a program, uh, first of all, I would – my protein that I have will help him if he's lifting weights. If he's not lifting weights, it's not going to help. But it will help you. If you're lifting weights, eating right, you can gain a lot of weight. And it's not just eating. You got to eat red meat. You can't eat, like, chicken and fish. Like I always tell people, you eat a chicken, you eat chicken, you look like a chicken. You ain't never a big chicken. <laughs> so you don't want to be skinny, skinny mini. So you're going to have to eat red meat, a lot of red meat, you know? And... uh he, if he's going to be shorter than guys, there's a lot of guys. He's only 11 years old, the kid, he said. So the kid, yeah, 11. He's, he's going to grow taller. It's, it's a question of the workload. If his son is, let's say, end up being 5'7", look, if he outworks everybody, let's say he's playing basketball. He may be 5'9", but if he can make every shot, there's a spot for him. Hey, if you're playing football, you catch every ball, every ball like my son, there's a spot for him. So he's going to have to do a lot of work. Now, Jeff Johnson helped my son, but when it came down to, I would go there and film the workouts because it was like an hour from my house. I couldn't go there every day, but I can go to my park every day. So I would film the workouts and we'd go to the park and do the same workouts amongst each other, same footwork. And you keep doing that, keep doing that, keep doing that, and it gets better and better. John, I saw in California there was a proposed ban on banning tackle football for kids under 12 years old. How do you feel about that? People in California are freaking crazy. <laughs> what the hell is that? What is that, you know? I mean, what are they, retarded or something? Uh, I mean, football at that age is probably the safest time to ever play it because they're like bobblehead dolls. No one's, like, really hitting hard. They just grab each other and fall down, hug each other. So it's not like they're going full out, you know. So it's it's, it's the safest time to play football as a youth football, I think. Yeah. Especially when yeah. they're like five, six. What are they doing? 
Yeah. You know, they, they barely know where the end zone is. <laughs> well, I, I know what I know what route you're talking about with Amon. And I remember seeing the videos of him working on his footwork before he went to USC. Mm-hmm. And he gets separation at the line. And that's I mean, he gets separation everywhere at the top of his route. But yeah, man. When guys want to press him, he gets out of there, and it's yeah. it's phenomenal. And on that second and nine route, he smashed into the defensive back. Yes, he smashed into him and got that got him just the right amount of separation. And I'm on the defensive back. Went to our high school. Oh, really? Quinn Lake. Yeah, he went to our high school. So he was he was pretty much covering Amon ever since he can remember. You know, and in, in practice, so he went to modern went day. To, he went to modern day. Then he went to UCLA. So he's covering Amon again. <laughs> and now he's, he's at the Rams, covering him again. So they've been friends and they've been playing against each other for a long time. So they they both know each other real well. You know, what? What? Who? What's his name? Quentin Lake, Quentin number Lake. thirty-seven. Yeah, and so, so Amon knew exactly how to run that route against Quentin Lake. Cause he's been doing this whole life. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised. You told the coach, coach, I know what to do against my man right here. That's my friend. <laughs> I know yeah. him real well. I know, I know, I know if he like high ones, low ones, slow ones. He can't lay off the. He can't lay off the high balls. Throw it high. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But he's a great scouting. kid, man. He's a great kid. Great football player. It's so it's so cool to see his friends like that. You know, going against each other. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Where's uh, Equimenius right now? What's he doing they, for they, the offseason? Well, he just went. He was at the game. Him and Osiris are down there back in uh, Hollywood. Uh, so we're, we're trying to see what's going to happen, you know, what, what's going to happen next season. Is he going to stay with the Bears? No, I, I have no clue, you know. Yeah. 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 But well, those kids, but those guys with them kids, man, you got to keep firing the question because even at, at 11 years old, I in my house, five years old, you start lifting weights. So he needs to start lifting weights because lifting weights will promote growth. It doesn't stunt, it promotes. Because I read something that said that muscle tissue is soft tissue. Bone is just dense. So we all know that if you lift weights, your muscle tissue grows. But also they said that if you lift weights, your, your it helps you get taller, not shorter. Like some guy said, I don't, I don't know who that guy was, but some guy mentioned that he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. So you need to well, when, you need to get kids on weights. When your when your kids were five, how much would you put on the on the barbell? Were they were they benching? Well, were five, they they're five, six, and seven, right? So what I did was, I'm on when he was five. I got a like a P, PVC pipe bar from Home Depot. Then I got a a, a regular pipe bar. Pipe bar must weigh like two and a half pounds. Just showing movement, how to do curls. You know, we did a lot of push-ups, a lot of dips. And then once he, uh, once I understood, I saw that they understood the movement of the bench press, I would take a two and a half pound plate and throw it on the side. And then we'd do some reps. We slowly, but gradually put another two and a half on, which is five on each side, 10 pounds altogether, probably 15 pounds, bench, bench curl and just slowly get them into it 
And then, uh, because look, if they're climbing trees, picking their bikes up, that's resistance training. The same thing. So it, it's okay to have your kids do that. The stronger, especially if he's a little guy, you better be strong. So everyone thinks that Amara is little. Amara ain't little. If you stood no, next to him thick. on the field, he's thick. His quads, his hamstrings, his calves, his whole body is thick. And he's every bit of six feet. And he's, I'm telling you right now, man, he's like he's like a ball of fire. Yeah, yeah he might he might be in the quadzilla. Yeah, he's club. yeah, he's, he's approaching that. For his size. I guarantee DBs when they when they line up against him, I guarantee you look at him and go, wow, he's his bottom half is sure is thick. Yeah, it's hard yeah, to bring him down. Calves, hams, and ass, as our man Sean yeah. used to say. Calves, hams, and ass. Yep. Gotta have it. <laughs> Gotta, Gotta have, have it. it. And, and he's still. Kids. Well, and Amon still is a workout warrior. Still, yeah. like, in my opinion. Maybe fifteen percent too much compared to his sleeping and eating, especially off season. I'm on. I'm on. Take it easy. Calm down a little bit. Because you got to make sure you recover. You can't overtrain, but you can undersleep and undereat. Yeah. If you under sleep, undereat, now you, it, it 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 translates to overtraining. But as long as it's balanced, you should be okay. But I, I don't know if he's balanced. He needs to. Take a deep breath. Go on vacation. Shut it down for a minute. Yeah, this he's is another, all go. He's all go. Two hundred to go. We got. I know you probably got to go, but we got one more from Pete. I'm cool. Pete wants to know: Is isometrics training better for little kids? And I don't know what little kids would be, but mm -hmm. that's that's probably more of the push-ups, the dips. Um, I like I like I like push-ups. I like dips. Uh, for young kids, I love that. So we did a lot of that. For example, we would do bench press with whatever weight I thought they could handle. And it was never, when they were young, it was never a lot. But whatever they could do, immediately after, they would jump down and could do push-ups to failure, right? And then we'd go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. If we, do, if we want to do six sets or whatever, we do it. Then, let's say arms. I would have them stand to a curl bar. We do curls. Now, one thing I had, I had a little machine in my garage to do tricep push downs, but I, I learned that that injured elbows for young kids. Don't ask me why. I don't know why. I don't care why. I'm just telling you, do what you're told and don't screw up and do that. Okay. If I tell you not to do it, just don't do it. Uh, so all three of my sons said uh, their elbows started hurting. I go, really? So I wrote that down in my journal. So okay, we can't do those for whatever reason. So we would do curls. And as soon as you finish curls, you'll get down and do dips in a chair. You know, you know what I mean? Dips on yeah. The, yeah. Like set the chairs and your you have a hand on each. Yeah, face. yeah. Or your yeah. and your heels could be on one chair and your arm your, your your palms on the other one, you're dipping down. So we do dips on chairs and we'll go back for dips, curls. And push-ups again. So that is really good. I didn't start doing legs, any leg work until they became, you'd have to be like 11 or so in my house. Now I'll let you do leg extensions. Leg extension, leg curl. 
And then we would do what I called squats, but it was putting a dumbbell between, have them grab a dumbbell with both hands between their legs. Kind of hard to describe it. And then pull it up close to their crotch and then squat down with that because their hands will give out before their back. I didn't want any weight on their back, you know, on their spine or anything like that. Uh, so those were the, the workout, but we went fast, fast. Boom, 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 boom. Made them really exhaust them really fast. Exhaust them. And they started getting stronger and stronger. They didn't get, they were, their muscles weren't growing really, you know, but they got stronger than the other kids. They, they, their muscles grew a little bit, but like little kids were like, oh my God, they're afraid of them, you know? <laughs> because what I did was, especially when they got to where they can push up a 45 pound plate on each end, I made sure I put that on YouTube. Yeah. So all the pop wanted opposing teams, they would pass around, knew they would, and they'd be afraid of them, you know? <laughs> so you gotta put an element of fear in them, you know. <laughs> um, Pete Pete asked about wall sits. Wall sets? What is that? Like when you're sitting against the wall, and you're you're getting your your quads. You know, it's just now you put weight on your legs as you sit against the wall. You kind of oh, oh, like, like are you hugging weight like a plate and just, and just lean your back against the wall? Yeah, we we never done those, but just by just by listening to what he says, I mean, I, I, I probably would never do those. It, it wouldn't harm them, but I don't think you get any rewards out of it because it's, it's not enough tension on the muscle. You got to put real tension on the muscle. The reason, look, when we lift weights, the main thing was to put tension, to keep tension on the muscle as long as possible. Number one, number two. Put you in a put my sons in an uncomfortable position. I want them to be tired, ready to throw up, not happy about it, not liking it. If you doing something you like it, that ain't good. You're not uncomfortable. You're not putting stress. You're not putting tension on the muscle. So if they like it, see, most guys didn't like working out with us because it wasn't fun. It, it was very uncomfortable. You you may throw up. So that's why a lot of guys like those medicine balls jumping over those ladders, doing that stupid stuff against the wall, all that dumb stuff. They like that. Because it's easy. It's not uncomfortable. So, But when you see that, they're not going to get better. When you go to a guy makes you uncomfortable, ah, uh, yeah, they don't. They stay away from that. No, no. I don't want to do that. No, that's too much. I'm not going to do 100, 100 reps of set, leg extension, you know, and then do squats, and then after squats, super set squats with leg, leg press. Oh, no. No, they two two minutes they throwing up. No one must be uncomfortable. The re, not not the real ones. The you know the real ones don't mind, but the ones that ain't real, they they don't want to be uncomfortable. Yeah. So if your yeah. son is comfortable, or or you go work out with a group, or he's working out with a group, and look at the faces of the kids. That's all I got to do. Look at the faces. If they're comfortable, oh, this ain't working. This ain't working. All you right, be uncomfortable. I got a question for you. Have you been yeah. to Eminem's restaurant, Mom Spaghetti? We're here in Detroit. Yeah, Eminem the rapper. Yeah. What do you know about what? What kind of food is it? It's Italian. Yes, oh, Italian. Italian. Oh, oh, okay. I never, I never heard of it. Maybe I asked Alma. Maybe he's been there. I'm just throwing it out there. Eminem's Italian. Mom spaghetti. Mom spaghetti. 
<laughs> Interesting. I, mean, I love spaghetti, actually. Uh, I'm going to have to ask my son. Maybe he knows about that. Yep. It's, yeah, but uh, see those, those questions, man? That's the best thing. Get the questions. Get to really learn how to do this, man. Because this journey from these, if you have a child or want to have a child, plan on having a kid, that journey from five years old, especially to high school, is tough. It's tough. That's where you got to get the work in. That's where you got to put the time in to prepare your child for the next level. Right there. That's your window. You miss that, you're done. And you, you go you go send them to a trainer and drop him off, go home, you're done. Ain't gonna work. Send them to the to the right school, you drop them off, go home, ain't gonna work. Mom and dad, somebody gotta be there in his life, helping them all the time. Trainers can't do everything. Now Jeff helped my kids, but I'm the one who did the extra work 24-7 to get them right. You just can't go to Jeff one day a week and think, okay, we got it. No, mm-mm, mm-mm. You got to put a lot of work in every day at the park. What, what is it about the youngest child, John? Uh, in my house, I think it had something to do with they know equanimous. He's a he was a trendsetter. He had to he had to pave the way. Osiris comes along. Uh he just got he just got what he got because of his brother. So I think even society, the haters, even the haters hate on the oldest, the middle one, but the baby. They, they by the time they get to the baby, they exhausted. <laughs> they hate so much. They exhausted. Because I'm telling you right now, I ain't saying it because I'm their daddy. All three of my sons are hogs. All three of them. I ain't giving one guy steak and another guy chicken. You know, I gave them all the same thing. You know, they just don't know that. Equanimity needs some opportunities. Give them some opportunities. Go, wow, where's this guy been? And thank God, they better thank God Osiris hurt his foot. Because Osiris could have been better than all of them. Mm. So, you know, in most cases, the middle child is one to get looked over because, you know, the, the, the baby one, you know, he the, the, the older two built a legacy already for him. So it's something to do with that too, you know. But they're all three hogs, trust me. And they're tight. Oh, yeah, they're tight as, tight as, yeah. tight as thieves. I mean, close as thieves. They're like, man, they don't, they don't even like living by themselves. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it's like, what, what do you mean? They live around the corner from each other right now, and and they don't want to live in their house. They want to move in with each other again. Wow. In L.A.? Mm-hmm. They always want to be together. Yeah, That's awesome. All three of them. You know, laughing, the same jokes, and hanging out with each other. It's like, they tight, they tight, man. Well, Equimenius and Amara, their podcast is going great. That's, that's I, I, I don't know enough about podcasts to see how good it is or, or, or what, but seems seems entertaining. To me, you know, <laughs> you listen to it, yeah, yeah. See what I'm okay. talking about. <laughs> I love it. Well, John, man, oh, we shit. love we love the conversation. You got to stay warm, my man. Man, I'm out of Detroit, Detroit City, Detroit in January. Wow, just imagine if they win again. <laughs> I don't even think these guys know how good they are. 
<laughs> they play with house it. money. I know. You know. Let's go. They play with house money. I'm like, oh, but these guys, man, they won that That's... game. I'm like, holy crap, they won. Oh wow! I mean, of course, I'm hoping they win, but I'm like, oh god! It's almost like it's almost unbelievable. You can't believe it for a minute. You have to shake your head, you know. Yeah. They, they now they gotta. Good. Now they gotta stay hungry because they've already beaten the Bucks, like you said. That's it. You beat a team. It's hard to beat them twice. It ain't easy. It's gonna be tough. Who do you yeah. think? What do you think? Who do you think? Do you think they'll be victorious? What, what do you What do you say? Oh yeah, I mean. I think you I think said, Jared. You said they're gonna beat the Rams. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think I think the offense is locked in. Laporta being able to play was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and the defense, man, they're they're getting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. And that yeah. that's key. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I got my questions about the cornerbacks. I think so, we should be in cover two more, don't you? Yeah. Because the cornerbacks, if, if they're if they need some assistance, some help, go to cover two. Yeah. I mean Yeah, but I, I think they're I think they're connected. I think they're 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 together on a mission and that's when it that's when it <laughs> <magic happens. laughs> It's so funny, the whole crowd, you, you saw their faces, they were losing their minds. Oh all yeah, men crying and stuff. Yeah, men crying all around me and they're I'm, I'm looking at them, right? They were just like, oh my God, they were losing it. And it was a beautiful thing to sit amongst them and just scan the crowd that's near you and watch the emotion come out on the people. It was crazy, you know? What uh what is your wife like during the games? Now she's a little more relaxed. Before she would uh hide her face, didn't want to see the play, you know, just for whatever reason, but now she's able to watch the game and watch the plays as each play goes on. Yeah, she doesn't want to miss the highlights now. Yeah, you know, <laughs> she don't want to miss the highlights, yeah. Every I game. I was nervous on that third and third and 22, maybe. It was a long play. I go, oh, man, towards the, ha- towards the last last couple plays in the half, I'm thinking. First half, I'm thinking, oh, my God, we got to get a first down here. And I, I think that's what he set up for the field goal. Now I'm going to caught that long pass convert that third down and i'm like well where's where's that been all day you keep that in your pocket <laughs> keep going to the well until they stop it i know i know I, I talked to a guy from the rams don't want to give his name up but he goes yeah man your son played great and he says i thought they should have gave the ball to him more we have a thing called put the ball in the best time to put the ball in the best player's hand I go, really? They got an acronym for that. I go, really? Because, oh, yeah. Sean McVay, certain time of the game, he starts yelling at. Time to put the ball in the best guy's hand. And that's right, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I mean, I'm like, what are you guys doing here, you know? Well, they, they make it hard on themselves, you know? I mean, Puka got nine balls. They, 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 and... they fed him, didn't they? They fed him, and Amon got seven. Yeah, you got to feed your guy, especially towards the end, right? <laughs> yeah. It's go time now, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they did. I'm so proud of them, man. Even Josh Reynolds, he went off. He did play well. He did, man. He was snatching balls out of the sky. I'm like, look at this dude. Fantastic. The whole team, the offensive line, 
I mean, without all that, 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 that it didn't block that well. I didn't hear Sam Donald's name. I mean, uh, Aaron Donald's name once. Like, no, they doubled, triple teamed him, whatever man, it took. The offensive line played outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, John, we're so happy for you, for Amon Ra. It's crazy. And uh, come man, on, let's man. Keep, let's what keep this party again? going. What if they win again? Think about what I'm saying. Uh, you keep might be having three going. weeks. That's like, oh, no, no, I'm getting out of here. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. I ain't, I ain't playing around, dude. I'm out of here. Oh, I'm so bored. Funny. I don't know what to do. I'm laying around. I just went. To, I went to the gym, and I thought, okay, now what can I do? I don't know what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Mom's spaghetti. I wanna. I Mom's wanna see, spaghetti. I wanna see what you think of it. Okay. You like I, spaghetti? I love it actually. Okay. Let me uh, let me talk to uh, my son. Maybe he knows about it. He probably okay. even been there. You know. Yeah. All right. So I have next not week, been man. there. I will be there next year when we go up for the. Texas Michigan game. God. Can you imagine if they go to the Super Bowl? Oh my God. Come on. Oh my God. Vegas. You like Vegas? No. No? I'm protesting. <laughs> I'm protesting. You don't like Vegas? No, I'm protesting against Vegas because, you know, we live in California. So we go to Vegas a lot, right? We drive the street. But then once they started all that, uh, you have to pay for self parking now. You got to pay for the resort fees. Everything's so crazy. It's like, it's just a ripoff. I'm like, since you're trying to steal money from me, I'm not coming anymore. Yeah. So I don't go. No, it's, it's, gotten, it's gotten expensive. It used yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I remember back in the day, you can go get a nice buffet for like $8. Yeah. $7 buffet. Yeah. Because it, 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 they, 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 when the gangsters were there, they were like, look, we want you to spend your money gambling. We don't want you to spend your money on drinks and food. We'll give you that. Just make sure you gamble. Because either way you go, we're going to get your money. Right. Right. But now they're trying to get you gambling, food. And they don't, they're they getting out of control. No. Mm -mm. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if the Lions make the Super Bowl, you'll, Man. you'll make it, you'll make a special exception. I'll be there now. That there we go. One, one time they get me. It got me for the Pro Bowl because I had to go see that, you know? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, man. But but he made all pro first team, man. That's I think that's, I think that's very rare. Yeah, <laughs> only two yeah. make it in the whole league. Only what? Two? No. Well, let's say this: in the whole league, only one person makes it. Really, each yeah. position, one guy. Yeah. You got X, Y, and Z. Only one yeah. X. One Y and one Z. Yeah. So it's only I'm talking about first team. I mean, right. I, that's I'm like, man, I'm like, I don't care about what I, I don't care about anything else happening. That there is a pinnacle right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's big time. So and he backed it up, baby. Second and nine. Let's go. Oh, come on. You gotta you gotta feed the Kraken, Jack. Come on. You gotta feed him. Release the Kraken right, playing around here. All right, boys. Well, y'all have a have a good time there and uh Texas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're counting it down. Um all right. Appreciate you, my man. If I hear about Thanks, uh, I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let me know. All right, cool. All right. There you go. Yep. Nah. Sean Brown, caneprotein.com. It's where you go to get your uh cane protein.
and trust me, my son um, takes cane protein and he has been working out. He's no longer the skinny legend. He's got some meat on his bones. And yeah, I, I can't believe I've been talking to John since 2016, seven going on eight years um, since Equinemius came to Texas with Notre Dame. And I was going through my, I was going through my Phil Steele magazine. I'm like, who is Equinemius St. Brown? And a guy who listens to the show, my man, Josh, who lives in LA, who knows the Brown family was talking to them about, you know, maybe doing a reality TV show. It's like, you got to, you got to meet this guy, John Brown. And that's how it started. And here we are eight years later. I mean, Amon was in high school when, when that started. And, and now he's all pro in the NFL. It's, uh, it's cool. All right. You know who else is all pro? Apple leasing is all pro. I mean, look, it's the new year. How about a new car? Some of you driving around in a car you can't stand. That's no way to go through life, especially in Austin, Texas, where you are going to be in traffic. You need to be happy. You need to love the car you're in. So why not get into a new car? And some of you are like, oh, I can't afford a new car. That's no good. Um, well, here's the deal. When you're leasing from Apple Leasing, first of all, you're picking any maker model of car. Um, and you're picking everything, interior, exterior, new car smell, and you're not paying for the future trade-in value of that car. So you're getting into a better car than you thought you could afford, and it's brand new, under warranty. And when you're leasing from Apple Leasing, you want a change-making model of car? No problem. The easy lease. You lease from a dealership, they're not going to let you out of that agreement. They're going to impose the penalties, and it's you're, you're like, ah. So if you had a bad leasing experience previously, it's probably because you leased from a dealership. Lease from Apple Leasing, it's one of a kind. And it's it's amazing. You're going to love it. You're going to be in new cars. You're going to be like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. Apple Leasing, 346-9977. Visit AppleLeasing.com. And speaking of competitors and all pros, the Brain Vault mouth guard. Folks, look, you got a competitor, you got a young one who's playing lacrosse, cheerleading even, but flag football um, or regular high school football, the Brain Vault mouth guard proven patented to reduce the effects of concussion because that Brain Vault mouth guard developed right here in Austin by Dr. Greg Eckert, Dr. U-E-C-K-E-R-T. Um, it is the mouth guard Bijan Robinson wears, a bunch of the, you know, college players, and it's the safest. You want your competitor to play hard, but play safe. And that's what Brain Vault is all about. BrainVault.com. They'll come to you. They'll do group fittings. Um, BrainVault.com to set up that appointment and and cover three. Cover three right there on Anderson Lane. Um, go get the, the Sean Adams prime rib sandwich. You're going to love it. Happy hour every night. Happy hour all night on Monday nights, but the brunch on the weekends and high-end food and where you want to watch your team cover three. 
right there on Anderson Lane. Yeah, the brunch on the weekends, the muffin tops, the cinnamon muffin tops, and the do-it-yourself Bloody Mary bar. That is the place to be. And, of course, you know, you got the games on. You're checking them out, even though you're with the family. It's beautiful. Um, all right, Zay. We've got uh, – I think if you're a – if you're a Texas Longhorn football fan, you got to be feeling good about things right now, simply because you got Quinn Ewers coming back. You now you you're loading up in your receiver room. Um, we had this come in from LFG, um, Silas Bolden from Oregon State, precise route runner who will get open versus overrated SEC secondaries. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Bolden is electric. He's he's got amazing speed. Um, he's I'm 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 looking at these guys, and there's not much to question here. I mean, and you've got John Tate Cook. When you you add Matthew Golden, Isaiah Bond, one of the fastest receivers in college football, ten four eight hundred. And Silas Bolden, another burner, um, who is Mr. Yards After Catch. You're you're almost wondering, all right, how do you hang on to everybody? Yeah. Especially after the year we just saw where Adonai Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, and Jordan Whittington rarely came off the field. But that's not that's who cares, right? Stockpile talent. Yeah, you got to this day and era, the transfer portal. And, you know, kind of like I asked Hank yesterday, like, is it because guys like Ryan Niblett or DeAndre Moore might not be panning out like Chris Jackson and Steve Sarkeesian thought they would have? I mean, I'm just speculating here, but when you go out and get Matthew Golden, uh, month ago seemed like from U of H and now you got Silas Bolden coming in from Oregon state. And we know what Isaiah Bond brings to the table coming from Tuscaloosa. Like those are some pretty heavy hitters, man. That's some serious speed that you got out there that I expect to see returning punts and kicks also because Keelan Robinson's gone. Xavier Worthy's gone. So you got to replace them on the special teams. And I think those three wide receivers that just came in can all do that. So yeah, you got to be excited, as you said, if you're a Texas fan right now, Quinn Ewers, you have to be hype if you were him. I mean, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Just if Quinn Ewers comes back, you got a whole new wide receiver room you got to deal with and form some chemistry and just camaraderie on the field with, like you did with it, 10, Adonai Mitchell and Xavier Worthy, and also JT Sanders. I mean, they're still looking at a tight end out there. That guy from Stanford's name's going around. I know Amari Nidla from Alabama his name's probably going around so yeah I mean at the end of the day that defensive line that's going to be something to keep an eye on like you talked about earlier in the show chip especially with Bo Davis going off to Baton Rouge but as far as the offense goes as far as the secondary goes the linebackers with David Benda coming back and then you get Kendrick Blackshare from Alabama too. Like everything else seems gravy, baby. And again, going into the SEC, riding that momentum from getting to a college football playoff, knowing the resources 
that Texas brings to the table, not only from an NIL standpoint, but for when you graduate, the networking and just the conversations with big time donors and people that are alums that you are going to form for a lifetime, that means something. So Hey, Steve Sarkeesian, Jeff Banks, the rest of this coaching staff, they've done a hell of a job, but they're not done. And, yeah, I like what we're going into 2024 with right now. Yeah, and I see Jack has a comment about Caden Proctor. The uh, He's the left tackle at Alabama who got – he got burned up quite a bit this year. He's from the state of Iowa, and the speculation is that he might be headed to Iowa. Um, yeah, because it was it was between Iowa and Alabama, wasn't it? When he was coming out of high school, and it might be a little. I mean, the guy's a phenomenon. He's six seven, and you know, three hundred and sixty pounds. Um, but Texas got around him, Anthony Hill. I uh, got around him, speed guy. He had trouble with speed guys, and look, he's a freshman playing left tackle at Alabama, and it it was going to take a little more time for him. So, um, but yeah, interesting that Caleb Downs, who was one of the best safeties in the country, is in the portal. I mean, that's yeah. – uh, I heard Kirby Smart's going after that. Look, I tweeted earlier, Sark, if you get a Caleb Downs, you're a greedy SOB, man, and I love it. You got to be greedy. Like, this is what happens when one of the greatest of all time retires. Like, guys didn't go to Alabama to go to Alabama. They went to Alabama for Nick Saban. That's why they went. So seeing Proctor in the portal, seeing Caleb Downs in the portal, it makes sense. But, yeah, keep going after him. Like, I get it. If I talk to Proctor, I know the money when you, you know, enter the draft is from that blind side. I get that. But with Christian Jones leaving, we don't know what Cam Williams is going to be. So I look at Proctor and be like, hey, I know you're an Iowa kid. You mind playing right tackle for a year? I mean, the NFL does love versatility. You might have to do that when you get to the next level if you get there. I mean, as you just said, he did have a tough freshman year, but the dude's just a freshman. He's going to get uh, better, especially when it comes to development. I let him know early. If I'm Kyle Flood. Yo, this guy that we got playing left tackle right now, he'll be gone in one year. Then you can get that left tackle spot. But right now, right tackle with Christian Jones gone, we got a spot for you, big dog. And you could get that development that you need. You know what I'm saying? And you still have the LTC. I'm excited to see what Cam Williams has, though. I mean, to me, Cameron Williams is it's time. And, you know, him and and DJ Campbell next to each other, that should be a formidable duo there on the right side and look every position should be up for competition and Hayden Connor um he was not as good as he was a year ago now he may have been dealing with some injuries but that competition has got to be fierce because this offense is expected to be a monster yeah. I mean, they're they're planning on it. 
Isaiah Bond is planning on it. Silas Bolden is planning on it. I mean, this this offensive line should be the best it's been this upcoming season for Texas. You're getting Kelvin Banks in a contract year. You're getting, you know, Jake Majors coming back, I think, is big. And and then, you know, let's see what let's see what you've got in terms of the uh you know the guard positions because I think DJ Campbell was really good at times and you know up and down at other times. DJ Campbell was incredible against Alabama. And yeah, I mean, yeah, there were times where he messed up on some communication situations yeah. on, you know, twist and different types of blitzes. He, you know, his communication could get a little better with the rest of his offensive line teammates. But yeah, you're right. He's had he had some really good moments this year and he's nasty, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. a nasty SOB. And that's what you gotta have. You gotta have those. Nasty, crafty, smart offensive linemen who want to put your face in the dirt. I mean, I'm watching these NFL playoff games over the weekend, and there's guys stepping on guys as they're getting up. They're putting knees on guys' necks. And, I mean, man, getting up from the field is an adventure. Getting up from the pile. Yeah. Oh, man, what – the Kansas City Chiefs were doing to Tyreek Hill and those boys and that below zero weather, jamming the hell out of him, lighting his ass up when he would catch those quick bubble screens and just those quick hitters that Tua likes to throw and has made his money off of. They were blowing his ass up where Tyreek Hill even joked about it on Twitter. It was like, yo, they jammed my ass all the way to Cancun. When they showed one of the clips, which if you're somebody like that's a Dolphins fan, that probably pisses you off. But Tyreek Hill, he's got his money and all his seven kids and stuff, and he has his championship, and he's one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. So he ain't tripping. He going right back to that Miami mansion and says, well, I did what I could do this season. Can't blame me. It all falls on the Hawaiian brother. So, Oh, man. I, I get it, but. Damn, Dolphins went out bad, real bad. It's, it's hard to get your hands on Tyreek Hill, but if you do, you do what the Chiefs did to him. Yeah, because they were they were <laughs> they were mauling him. I mean, putting him in the dirt. Yo, it was it was disrespectful. It was some disrespectful work. Like I, that's playoff football. That's what it's Legarious about. Legarious Sneed. Oh. Legarious Sneed. Fourth-year player out of Louisiana Tech. He's the one who just grabbed Tyreek Hill and just put him down in the dirt, laid on top of him. Nasty. That, yeah. that was nasty. That's- and Trent McDuffie, who came from Washington, he's one of the tougher corners in the league, too. He blew up Tyreek uh, in that game. Or, again, they tried to throw him one of them quick hitters 
you know, behind the line of scrimmage, and he sniffed that out and blew his ass up. And, yeah, that's how you got to be with them lighting-ass receivers. Got to be physical with them because that speed, it can get you. What What are you doing with Tua? Oh, man. I mean, you can't move on. Like, there's, it's hard to find a franchise quarterback. You got to hope and pray that you have the best record in the league and every playoff game is in South Beach. That, that's just what you got to do if you're Mike McDaniel. Because you know, once it hits December and January, the dude, he just can't perform. He can't do it. He looks so uncomfortable, man. Like, at least look cool. At least look like you ain't cold or phased or nothing, you know. Do something out the ordinary. Bob your head to the music that's going on. Like, you remember what Adonai Mitchell was doing against Alabama? What was the song that they were playing? And he was dancing. Dixieland Delight. Yeah, man, he was doing the South Side, and he was getting it. Talk about a dude that was comfortable. Like, I need that from Tua. I need, Show me that you're comfortable so the whole rest of the roster could see that. But when you shivering and having your hands in your pockets the whole time and you got that poo shiesty, you know, ski mask on covering your face and stuff, and that ain't a good look, especially with the record that you have below 45 degrees. They all know that. The whole team knows it. You know what I'm saying? And they have to deal with it, too. They're used to that Miami humidity and climate. Now they're going off to Kansas City. So, I mean, I that, that, they're stuck with Tua. They're stuck with him. Like, again, when he's – when the weather's perfect, solid. Pro Bowl quarterback. Gets the ball out of his hands quicker than majority of the NFL – has weapons around him, and Tyreek Hill and Waddle, Raheem Mostert had his best season ever at age 33. They got A-Chan in there, who's as fast as anybody in the league at that running back position. Like, they got guys. It's just, you know, they had injuries on defense, but. You I mean, say they got to keep Tua, but Tua is set to make $23 million in 2024. It's the final year of his rookie deal. He's he's made he made six hundred ten thousand um at his rookie year seven eighty seven hundred eighty thousand eight hundred ninety five thousand this year he made a million and just a little over a million and his signing bonus you know he's been averaging about 10 million a year but he's supposed to make 23 million do you just pay him that uh i mean that sounds hot but compared to a lot of quarterbacks in the league is it <laughs> like you look at what Cleveland has going on with Deshaun and it's like, is it, you know, uh, Hank made a good point yesterday. Like this was the first year that Tua hasn't been hurt. So that's promising. Yeah. You know, last year he was throwing up gang signs on the ground when he was dealing with all them concussions and stuff. That was a scary time. So that always creeps into your mind if you're a front office person for Miami, but I, again, just looking around the NFL, Tyreek Hills already let you know, he ain't got many years left. 
Like he's going to pull a Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, eventually whenever his contract runs up. And I think he, again, doesn't have many years on that thing. So the time's now, <laughs> the time's now to make any noise possible. You might as well go out. Maybe they, can they franchise them? I don't know. Will they be willing to take, will they be willing to go the Tom Brady route? Like, I don't know if he has a Giselle situation. You know, everybody loves talking about Tom Brady being the team player and taking less money. Uh, Yeah, his, one, his woman is a multimillionaire. Not everybody has that type of woman. You know, a lot of these guys have the Brittany Mahomeses that have just That's been another reason. From That's another school. reason. That's a good point. That's another reason that Bill Belichick was successful. Giselle? No, yeah, because they short they didn't pay him what he was worth. No. He always took less because of Giselle. And that allowed Belichick. I don't know what they were doing with that money. They sure weren't spending it on skill talent because Tom Brady was throwing to Julian Edelman and some Julian Edelman dude. was nice. Yeah, some Julian Edelman was nice, but he was, that, that Hogan guy. <laughs> like, Hogan got a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, Rache Caldwell, like, there were some dudes, you're like, are you serious? Tom Brady deserves a medal. What was that with my man that went to Tech? Not Wes Wilker, the other one. Oh, yeah, Amendola. Amendola. <laughs> Danny Amendola. He's got rings. Wes Welker's well, Wes Welker dropped one. They still I don't remember know if that. Wes Welker too. has rings. Huh? I don't know if Wes Welker has rings. I Let's think he was those. there for that little snippet of where it was about five years where Tom wasn't winning nothing. Or whatever it was. He did not. Know. Yeah. I don't he liked Randy. The best he, that Tom's he, had didn't get rings with him. But the killer did. Yeah. Aaron Hernandez, the murderer, he got one. Which you can't blame Bill for you know, having the murderer on the squad. Like, come on. <laughs> no, he was working hard, running routes, catching balls. Hard. Yeah. Okay, so PFF's top quarterbacks entering free agency in, in 2024. Kirk Cousins. Ooh. The projection for him is two Atlanta. years, two years, 60 million. So 30 million per year. Atlanta, do make that move, Atlanta. Make that Ryan, move. Ryan Tannehill. Mm -mm. He's number two. 36. He'll be 36 years old, coming off a $27 million salary in the final year of his deal with the Titans. Hang up the, the cleats. The projection for him is two years, $11 million, so $5.5 million per year. Uh, number three. Number three is Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. His uh, free agent comparison is Jameis Winston. Oh wow! No. Um, the projection for him is two years, thirty million, so fifteen million per year. And Gardner Minshew. Good grief. Gardner Minshew, two years, seventeen point five million, so eight point seven five million per year. Who 
Who do you like in that group? Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, man. I mean, him getting hurt this year. Vikings were still pretty good, you know. They didn't have Justin Jefferson. Kurt was still winning games without one of the top five receivers in the league, and then he got injured. So mm-hmm. the dude's always taking hits. If Kirk Cousins is out for the season, there's something seriously wrong with Kirk Cousins because he's as tough as it gets. I know yeah. everybody likes to joke about him and he could be a little corny and the shirt off with the chains and all that stuff. But you and I both watched that Netflix series quarterback. If you've watched that, you've got a lot of respect for Kirk Cousins and the time that he puts into being a quality quarterback in the National Football League. And I'm, if Atlanta doesn't jump on that, as much as I love T- Taylor Heineke, I love B. John Robinson more. I can't see B. John who, again, with the value that a running back has, Bijan, you don't got much time in the league. So I want to see Bijan play on as many good teams as possible. And Arthur Smith already ruined his first year. Completely ruined it. Completely ruined it. Bijan Robinson should have been offensive, at least close to rookie of the year. I know C.J. Stroud, that's his to win. And then Puka Nakua, but Bijan Robinson should should have been right up there with those guys. And Arthur Smith mucked that all up. So whoever they bring in, whichever coach they bring in, I heard Belichick's name going around, whatever. I don't know if that's a good get because, like you said, without Brady, what what's Belichick really? So I, I take Kirk Cousins in Atlanta. But, yeah, out of those quarterbacks you just named, Kirk Cousins. And then Baker. Baker proved me something this year. Baker Baker proved me something this year, man. I respect it. He's a Sooner, whatever. He's still an Austin Knight in my heart. He showed that Austin pride this season with Tampa Bay. And I'd be scared if I were you, Chip, about that Austin pride showing itself once again come Sunday. Because Baker, he ain't going to go down without a fight. You know we're trying to. We're trying to. <laughs> Get me all on tilt. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I understand. We got John, Brown. John Brown's coming on the show talking about he, he'll he take San Fran just because of the weather. Man, he might be the only Lions fan in the world that wants San Fran. But I get John's reasons. I'm just saying. You know, and I ain't smoking nothing. I'm as sober as it gets. I'm just letting y'all know. What do you like? Got all these quarterbacks in the draft, and like Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, who's already made ninety nine million dollars, damn, in five seasons to play PlayStation, to play PlayStation, (laughs) and he's under contract through twenty seven. He got four more years. He's supposed to make 37 million next season, then 18 million, then 22.8 million, then 19.5 million. Oh shit, he's under contract through 28. Do you cut your losses? He signed he signed a deal that guarantees 103.3 million. The Cardinals. Oh. What are you doing? Ay, ay, ay. What do you do? 
I don't know because when he's healthy, he is cold. But when things go wrong, he will check out. He will pout. He'll do he all doesn't the care who, He doesn't care who that takes down either. That's the scary oh, no. thing. Yeah. Because Cliff no. fought for him. Cliff fought for him. And when push came to shove, Kyler was like, yeah. You know he'd be listening to his daddy, though? His daddy is probably like, yo, Cliff ain't it no more. You know? That's been going back to them Allen days. His father being a very big influence in his life. So you know his camp. Everybody that has, you know, behind the scenes, they'd be probably telling him crazy stuff. And that's it. Like, if he was just a good person and a good teammate, you ride it out. But he's one of those brothers that, like, he hasn't been faced with failure very often. Like, he's one of the greatest high school players in Texas football history. Uh, did he lose a game at Allen? I don't think he did. If he did, it could have been more than two. So he, this losing stuff is very new to him, and he acts like it. He acts like he just can't deal with it. It's the end of the world. Like, again, going back to Kirk Cousins, that dude was seeing a shrink every week, a shrink, a therapist. To keep him even kill because he knew what came with being an NFL quarterback and the stress that it comes with. And Kyler Murray, all he does is go and plays Xbox. That's it. Call of Duty. Listen that. You know what I'm saying? And he's so now that he's starting to get hurt with the way he plays, like he uses his legs for him to be as great as he possibly can. So, yeah, do you risk it? That's one of those other situations like Tua. It's just kind of like, yeah, all these quarterbacks coming into the league, but Kyler has proven himself at times he's a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. Right. You know? right. He took his team to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when that whole thing, when Kyler visited Texas and posted that number one jersey on social media and AM fans went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, Kevin Murray was okay with Kyler going to Texas, but Kyler's mom said, we didn't name you Kyler after Kyle Field for nothing. Jeez. And the reason Kevin Murray was okay with Kyler going to Texas is because they were, Vince Young had gotten a job after winning the national championship. Um, you know, they had taken care of their star players and Kevin was never acknowledged because he was part of the Jackie Sherrill era and no one at AM likes to talk about this, but when, um, old boy took over for Jackie Sherrill, his former defensive coordinator, um, Oh God, he basically, like wiped the Jackie Sherrill era off the map. It's crazy. So when they redid Kyle Field, they acknowledge all their history, but they don't acknowledge Jackie Sherrill or anything that happened under Jackie Sherrill. It's oh. the stupidest thing I've ever seen because Jackie was, yeah, R.C. Slocum. R.C. is as much to blame for that as A&M officials, sadly. Because I like RC. RC, decent guy, always was 
fair to deal with, but it was weird to me that there's like no, and Kevin Murray was like, bullshit, man. I, I left that place as the all-time total offense leader in the history of the Southwest Conference, and there's no acknowledgement of Kevin Murray. And so he was like, yeah, go to Texas. They take care of, you know, they had Donnie Little, who was a black quarterback at Texas in the 80s, working in the administration for years. Um, Vince Young has, you know, gotten a job. And Kevin was like, that's the way it should be. So his mom said, uh, no. <laughs> and then he ended, up, no. he ended up transferring. Oh, my gosh. Yo. Summy, Summy Sumlin couldn't manage both Kyle Allen and Kyler Murray at the same time. Yo, that mom influence is real. Dealt with it personally. I wanted to go to Wiley College, Chip, in Wiley, Texas. Real East Texas. Coach wanted me bad. Coach was talking about developing my game, talking about I was going to be a 3 and D guy for him, play the forward, going to have me slim down a couple of pounds so I could be even more athletic. Mama said, hell no. Hell no. CeCe was with it. CeCe was digging it. CeCe was like, yeah, this, this is going to be a good fit for Isaiah. My mom's was like, hell no. You are not going to Texas. Your black ass is not going to East Texas. That's what my mom was thinking. And I I understand that, but I was ready to go. Ended up going to Paris instead. And, yeah, that mom influence, it don't matter how much you want to go. If mama's like, nah, you stay at home. <laughs> Which, hey, um, I made it. So, mama, that was a good decision. What's your mom's name? Annie. Annie? Annie. Mm-hmm. Where's she from? Where'd she grow up? Austin, Texas, East Austin, right off of Springfield and Leslie. Are you mad that you didn't go to Wiley? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, because I had to deal with Schubert and his dirty ass. Yeah, a little bit, but it all panned out afterwards. I probably wasn't going to play for too long anyway, and who knows the kind of stuff I would have gotten into in, at Wiley. Because I was wilding out at Paris, so I knew I would have been wilding out at Wiley College, too. Yeah, it was, it was probably for the best. But, man, Coach coach was recruiting me hard, though, Chip. I ain't going to lie. All right, so Rob is a big Patriots fan. He says Belichick you. and Kirk Cousins to Atlanta and the Falcons are an instant Super Bowl contender. I'm telling you, with Bijan, I'm telling you. That weak-ass NFC self? Man, come on. Are you buying Calvin Ridley as a number one receiver? For Jacksonville? He's at Jacksonville. Who's in in Atlanta? Drake London. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not. No. I don't know if they have have a number one. They don't have a number one. Kyle Pitts was supposed to be it. He ain't it. But, again, that's Arthur Smith. That's – that's Arthur Smith, so I can't really blame Kyle Pitts for the lack of development that he's had these last few years. Like, yeah, it's not like they don't have wide receivers in this draft that they could choose from. If they could get like a Roma Dunze, somebody like that, shit. Come on now. <laughs> Adonai Mitchell, hell, Xavier Worthy. They could use X. 
Throw him all yeah. over the field. Like, they take that. Come now, on. what is Rob saying here? That Brady did not make Belichick? Brady made Belichick. Get him. Get him. Brady I, I made mean, Belichick. To Rob's point, Willis McGahee, Ty Law, Teddy Bruschi, Richard Seymour had a little bit to do with it, but you know, I, I Willie McGinnis, <laughs> Roman Pfeiffer, that first Super Bowl that they beat the Rams, where they mugged the receivers and forced the NFL to change the rules to where you can't just beat up receivers all game long, which is what they time. did. Yeah, that was that was brilliant defensive and game up. plan. To Bucky Jones, baby. To Bucky Jones. You remember him, Rob? To Bucky Jones. So I covered that Super Bowl, and I had the Patriots. I actually had the Patriots through the AFC playoffs for Dallas. Over St. Louis? I had the Patriots, and Rick Gosselin had the – yeah, the Rams. He had the St. Louis Rams. And and so I was with Brady. I was with Belichick and the defense and – and I remember Tabucky Jones saying, it's not the greatest show on turf if they can't get off the line. And that was, I wrote a whole story about it for the morning news. And my boss was so happy. He's like, you laid out the blueprint. I was like, well, yeah, as soon as he said that. Because no one was talking to Tabucky Jones. They were all talking to Ty Law and Lawyer Malloy. No one was talking to Tabucky Jones. And Tabucky had a lot to say. And by God, they pulled it off, man. But I'll never forget, and I didn't hear this until after the fact, John Madden calling it when he said, Patriots should just take a knee here, play for overtime. And Brady was moving him down the field, and Adam Vinatieri kicked that field goal, first Super Bowl ever to end on the last play of the game. And... That was like the only time I can ever remember John Madden being wrong in his analysis, you know? Yeah. Because John Madden was usually right on point. He'd usually tell you stuff before it happened. And by God, they moved that ball down the field. They kicked that field goal. Ball game. Wrestle's history. Yeah. That was when U2 performed at halftime right after 9-11. I mean, it was – and they had all the names of all the people who died in 9-11 on the walls of the Superdome while U2 was playing. They were scrolling. You were – your chills, man. It was – that was, to me, like the most intense Super Bowl halftime show ever. But that game was incredible. Yeah. Like, I got lucky. I covered that Super Bowl – and I covered the Bucks Raiders Super Bowl the next year when freaking Brad Johnson led the Bucks. Wasn't that Dexter- like 38? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the quarterback for the other side was Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon was cold. <laughs> throwing it to throwing it to Tim Brown and Jerry Rice. It's like the oldest. Oh. Yeah, Jerry Rice, he tried to look young with them short-ass braids. Nah, Jerry, you just look like an old-ass brother with braids. I need to get rid of him. That was a (laughs) – 
Yeah. <laughs> the silver yeah. and black. They were old as hell, but they were good. They were good. That Rich Gannon, he was nice, man. Yeah. That was that Rex, I agree with you, man. Oh yeah. Ain't nothing like Bono. Yeah. Yeah, especially <laughs> after that, man. Go if you didn't, if you don't, if you're like, huh, you too, go YouTube that one. Cause that was Yo, that'll Bono's my dude, man. Talk about a performer. He he goes hard. I, I I'm a big YouTube guy, even though it might not look like it. You know? See? Right. Yeah, they're yeah. playing in Vegas. They're playing in that sphere. Those tickets are insane. Yeah, of course. Like insane. Um, all right, let's uh it's time to get toward the chip shot and the right call. Um Audiovisual consultations, my man Tom McKay, making sure that you don't have to lift a finger to get the ultimate big screen, new lighting, surveillance, electronic shades. He brings it all to you. You don't have to go shopping. You don't have to go borrow a truck to get that 80-inch big screen back to your house. No. Let Tom and his crew bring everything to you. All you have to do is call 255-8678. And then from the free consultation to installation, Tom and his crew bring everything to you. They make it so simple. And they've done it for me in three different houses. And it's it's the best. Tom takes care of all the details. You sit back and enjoy having the ultimate big screen, new media room, new, you know, like I said, you can redo a whole room with the lighting, everything. And uh and don't forget about Salt Traders Coastal Cooking because that is that is a meal. If you love seafood, oh, man. And now they got the dollar oysters. Just sit back and relax. If you love oysters, Salt Traders Coastal Cooking is for you. So go get it. Got the location in Zilker. Got the location up in Round Rock. Salt Traders Coastal Cooking. Happy hour every day. 3.30 to 6.30, you get $5 off the beginnings menu. And you got oysters in there. You got the grilled oysters in there, in the beginnings menu. So, and then just keep ordering them for a dollar. Yeah. And uh, all of our great sponsors, love them all. Got my uh, Honolulu Blue Olipop today. Oh, yeah. Tropical Punch. That is money. That's money right there. Healthy soda. Healthy soda. Come on, Zay. All right, for the chip shot today, we'll talk a little bit about what uh, – I'm going to give a little love to the Texas women's basketball team for a minute. There we go. And what is happening since Rory Harmon, their – Stud, first team all Big 12, defensive player of the year, went down with a torn ACL on December 27th. And Vic Schaefer was suddenly confronted with a team that had the talent to win it all because they got, they've got talent on that team. But they didn't have a backup point guard and – So what does Vic Schaefer do? Vic Schaefer, 
who said, I've never had my best player go down with a season ending injury in 39 years of coaching. He moves his star freshman, Madison Booker, who is six one and can do it all. But he throws her into that quarterback position where she's got to run everything. She's got to be the tip of the spear. And all she's done is kick everyone's ass. And it's been impressive. Now, they lost to Baylor right after that injury to Rory Harmon, Madison Booker, still kind of get, I mean, she was definitely still getting used to it. And she was turning the ball over. Texas turned it over 23 times in that game. They lost. But it was a close game. It was not a blowout. It was a six-point game. And then they lost to K-State over the weekend. They still have Ioka Lee, who is six foot six and a skilled player. And Taylor Jones, who is Texas's six foot four center, who is second in the nation in field goal percentage, got in foul trouble in that game. It was little home cooking in terms of the foul calls with what Taylor Jones was getting called for compared to what Ioka Lee and some of the other K-State forwards were getting called for. So Taylor has to go to the bench. Well, they don't have enough to confront. Taylor will body up with Ioka Lee. Anyway, Texas led that game by six going into the fourth quarter. They lost by three. But last night, Madison Booker put on a show. She was number seven on the Sports Center. uh you know, highlights, and she had this dribble behind her back, uh, move all the way to the basket, and they beat Kansas. Kansas is good, and they beat Kansas 91-56, to and it was a beatdown from the beginning, and, and Kansas just beat Baylor, number four Baylor. Kansas just beat them. Um, in Lawrence and Texas didn't mess around. Um, Aaliyah Moore was her birthday. She was fantastic. 17 points on seven of seven shooting. Um, you know, Madison Booker, six of 12 shooting. She had 15 points. And this Texas basketball team under Vic Schaefer, man, they find ways. They find ways. And, uh, uh, Codify, Codify, number 20 for Texas. She was great. Amina Muhammad was great. I mean, this was a beatdown. This was impressive, 91 to 56. So I'm just saying, Vic Schaefer, he was reeling after Rory went down. Like, I was like, Vic, you got to get yourself together. Like he, he, he thought this, you could tell he thought this was a national championship type year because he loves Madison Booker. He's got the bigs. He's got Taylor Jones. He's got Amina Muhammad. He's got Cotty Fi, and then Rory Harmon, the best point guard in the country, the best defensive point guard in the country, but can, can do it all. And 
he was reeling. And he's like, we got to figure this out. Uh, We've got to figure this out. And he moves Madison Booker into that point guard position. Zay, you can talk about that. That's not easy. She's a do-it-all wing player. And she can break you down off the dribble. She can shoot it. She's She'll back you down. I mean, she's got it all. And she wears 35 for Kevin Durant. She's from Ridgeland, Mississippi. And Vic was recruiting her in eighth grade while he was still at <laughs> Mississippi State. Like, he he saw the game. He saw her game. And, and she followed Vic to Texas. And she's going to be something because – getting thrust into this situation where she thought she was going to be the, the wing scoring option on a team with a great point guard and a really good front court to now running the show and she's handling it. And her teammates are responding to her because she's averaging 20 points per game and her shooting percentage is still good. Like she's not, she's not getting frustrated and taking bad shots. She's, I think she's done an amazing job and look, they're going to get a chance to show it here as the season goes on. But Vic, he's being patient with these, with these players because everything changed when Roy Harmon went down. So kudos to Madison Booker, kudos to the Texas women's basketball team. Kudos to Vic for getting it together and being patient with this group and saying, you know what? We're going to get better and better and better. And you better have gotten a shot at us early because you're not going to want to mess with this late. So. Yeah. Having a six, one point guard in the women's game is like having a six, eight point guard in the. Yeah. It's like having magic Johnson. Yeah. That's why LeBron and Luca are so good. Like just having somebody with that IQ orchestrate your offense like Madison Booker does, her ball handling, that's what stands out to me the most. That's why it was so easy to put the rock in their hands if you're Vic Schaefer because like you saw in the top 10 ESPN chart yesterday, like the moves that she puts on at her size, that's not normal. It's very different, very different. And she's so crafty. Now she has little girls on her trying to check her and she'll just take them to the rack and shoot over the top of them. Her off the dribble shooting game is very just way beyond its years. Somebody that's a 18, 19 year old player to have that ability. It's different. It's really different. Like it makes sense to why Vic Shaver has been recruiting that girl since she was in the eighth grade. So yeah, you knew just losing Rory Harmon was going to be a tough loss, but what the Texas women are doing now, coach Schaefer's coaching performance from game in to game out, it's pretty impressive and they're still going to surprise a lot of people once March comes around. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, and it's interesting because Madison gives all the credit to Rory. Rory's over there on the bench, coaching her every step of the way. Madison's like, I wouldn't be doing anything without Rory. And imagine those two playing together next year, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I get it. All right. Let's get to the right call. My man, Zay Collier. Yeah, before the right call, shout out to Covert B-Cave and the Covert Automotive Group, family-owned automotive dealerships for over a 100 years that have been providing the great Austin area folk 
with the highest quality selection of new and pre-owned vehicles, seven terrific brands to choose from, and Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. Find what you want at Covert B Cave. Go to CovertBCave.com for all the latest specials and inventory. Nobody beats a Covert deal. Not now, not ever. All right, Chip, uh, the Texas basketball team tonight has another tough one. We'll be saying that before every single game, another tough one, because this is the Big 12. you got eight ranked teams right now. Right after this UCF game, you got six back-to-back-to-back-to-back, however many six back-to-backs is of ranked opponents, and you got to get ready for it. And CB is asking me if Texas will win tonight. This isn't it. This second season for RT isn't as bad as Shaka's second season in 2017 where he had Jared Allen and only won 11 games. Yeah, those were tough times, and I would say the Big 12 wasn't as good either. So Coach Terry kind of has that going against him tonight. But you see how about that? The ESPN um, strength of schedule index, all 14 Big 12 teams are in the top 16. Yeah. And Texas is number two in the toughest schedule out of all those teams. So, I mean, Johnny Dawkins' team, they're tough, man. They play fast. They'll press. They were pressing Kansas almost the whole game, like just trying to speed up the game. And it starts with their two guards, Johnson and Sellers. Both of those guys can really go. And both of those guys are pretty stocky. And every time I think of stocky guards, I think of Max Acemas. And what he doesn't bring to the table defensively. Yes, Max Acemas will give you about 18 points a game. That's all groovy and stuff. But those guards, they were posting up DeWan Harris for Kansas like it was nothing, you know. And he's a way better defender than Max Acemas, one of the best defenders in the nation. So if they can post up that guy, they're coming into this game saying, if you have number three guarding you, take him to the hole because you want to get him in foul trouble to hopefully take him out the game. And it's going to open up stuff for UCS, UCF's offense because when you double team, because Ace Miss needs the help, it's going to allow other shooters to knock down shots on the outside. So luckily they don't have a lot of shooters all around. They're going to try to get to the pain and use their bigs and use their athleticism to be successful. But yeah, I mean – Beating Kansas, they're a tough team. They had a hard loss against Kansas State, which Kansas State pr- pretty much rolled them. And then they lost to BYU the other night, which was a close one. And they didn't shoot the ball well in both of those losses in the Big 12. So, you know, just what I've been they saying. Defend. The they defend. They defend. Yeah, they'll lock up. So, yeah, they're only, they're only giving up 64.7 points per game. I mean, it has to start with Max Aismas and Dylan DeSue. Tyrese Hunter has to be good tonight. And Coach Terry, you got to play him more than 22 minutes. You know, if he has something going on to where you got to take him out to tell him, okay, take him out, let him know, then put him right back in the game. Tyrese Hunter cannot afford to be on the bench. He just can't. Dylan DeSue can't be in foul trouble either. And that's what's also difficult, Chip, because – there's no shot blockers slash rim protectors on this team. No one. And with the new charge rule, like Brock Cunningham, have you noticed that he doesn't take charges that much anymore? Because the new charge rule where you have to be there like a second earlier than you were before because they want to, you know, keep these guys safe when they take off in the air and stuff. Like once you take off and you're right there, a lot of the time they're calling block just because – 
They want plays to flow more, and they don't want guys to get injured by trying to slide under them to get that charge call. So you're not seeing that from Brock Cunningham like you have in recent years. And Dylan Mitchell, I mean, he's a good defender sometimes, but we all know he could get out of whack and other times. And this team just has to be more together. You know, I, I it's just so hard. Like the talent that we thought was going to be there before the season started, it's not there. At this point of the season, you're searching for it. You're hunting for it. It's just not there. IT are playing for each other. No. Nah, I don't know nah. if they need to go have some culture Thursdays or culture anytime meetings, but they don't look connected, and I hope that changes tonight. Yeah. If it doesn't I, change soon, it's going to be ugly. And IT, here we come. Like they're not even in the they're not even in Lenardi's projection right now. And I get it. It makes sense. I mean, offensively, you gotta get some more spacing. Dylan Mitchell, you gotta attack smartly, going to your left. You can't run guys over that are sitting there waiting for you. You gotta be able to be confident in that little, you know, floater shot in the lane. Like Dylan DeSue should have been helping Dylan Mitchell. Like, yo, that floater, that little push shot that you have, add that to your game. You can shoot over anybody with your athleticism. Why aren't you doing that? Little jump hooks like Dylan Mitchell catching it on the wing and taking one dribble for, uh, you know, one dribble pull up. That ain't going to cut it because he's not confident in that. That's not consistent enough. Timmy Allen he used to knock that down on the regular, you know, Serge Jabari Rice last year coming off the bench. He was a 38% three point. Oh, shooter. I miss Jabari Rice. Oh, oh man. He's out there. He's You can go see him. Austin Spurs doing his thing trying to make his name for himself and the professional ranks. You know what I'm saying? That shot pump fake, that's still there. That's gone for the 40 acres. This Texas team gone. That will not be coming back. No more eligibility left. So where are those bench points going to come from? Cause the bench has to do more, you know, it Horton. If you're going to play, you got to knock down something. Kendall Weaver, at least you play hard, but you got to knock down something. If not, sit their ass on the bench and ride it out with Tyrese Hunter. I heard Coach Terry talk about in the last Zoom presser that they had that Tyrese Hunter's defense helps his offense out. Well, we need Tyrese Hunter to be as locked in as ever, especially against Johnson and Seller tonight. Seller is a crafty left-hander who looks around 220. Like, he's a swole-body guy. If he gets Max Acemus on him, that's lunch meat. They're going to have to protect Max Acemus a lot in this game. The help, the defense has to be there, the rotation. They've been really struggling in transition defense, too, when they'll shoot the ball. Because a lot of the time it's ace miss, and then you'll have three guys crashing the boards and only one guy back. And then West Virginia, they were beating them up the court multiple times. You know, that stuff like that can't happen. So you got to get back to the basics tonight. Defense definitely has to turn into offense. Uh, Scott taking UCF with a plus eight. That ain't too, that ain't too dumb. That ain't too dumb. So I just. <laughs> Yeah, they need this win tonight. It's another must-win situation with the schedule that they have coming up. Yeah, we got to see we got to see RT's team building abilities right about now because look, they're talented enough, but they're yeah. not playing together. They're not playing for each other. Tyrese Hunter looks like he's a man on an island. Caden Shedrick looks like he's a visitor, and I know he's 
got back spasms, and that can be a problem. That's what sidelined Jalen Daniels, the quarterback at Kansas, this past season. But, yeah, man, they got to start playing together. They got to start, you know, picking each other up because I don't see the leadership on this team. I don't see the guy. I don't see the tip of the spear guy. You know, Ace Miss is a quiet guy. He's a killer, but he's not a guy who's going to, you know, be a big talker and get the huddle going. That's got to be Dylan and Dylan DeZue. And, you know, everyone's got to get out of their comfort zone. They all got to pitch in um, from that leadership standpoint, because if they're going to be a coach led team, they're screwed. Yeah. And they look like a coach led team right now. So, all right. Zay, our time is our time is up. It's time to bring in Rocky and Maggie. What's up? Hey guys, how are you? How y'all doing? Good. Good. Doing great. Good. Just ready to get going. Excited. Well, so much to talk about, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, listen, take it away. Have a great show. Good job, guys. Y'all have fun. 